0: Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Worthing. This message is by Colin Urquhart. Hi, it's good to be with you again. It's encouraging, isn't it, when somebody asks us a question and we know the answer. There's a sense of fulfilment in that. So I've got a question for you today to which you might well, know the answer. Do you breathe every day? <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord! You yeah. pass the test. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you another question: Do you need to breathe every day? Oh, yes. Yes. Now, that is clear physically you stop breathing, you stop living. But the real question is, do you breathe spiritually every day? Because if we're to be alive spiritually, then we have to breathe spiritually, just as if you're going to continue to live physically, You've got to keep breathing. The moment you stop breathing, you are in trouble, and won't last for very long. As soon as you stop, I'm on. Yeah. Yes. As soon as you stop breathing spiritually you are in trouble. So what does that really mean? Because, you know, some people spiritually take a big breath. They have an encounter with God or some spiritual event. And then they think that's going to last them for weeks, months. And breathing isn't like that. You don't take one big gasp at the beginning of the day, (sighs) and trust that's going to last you for the rest of the day. It wouldn't be long before you turned blue. So, let me ask you another question. Has Jesus ever taught you to pray? There was an occasion when the disciples heard Jesus praying. If you've got your Bible, you can turn to Luke chapter 11. And the scripture says this, One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, Jesus' disciples were Jews. They had been brought up in the Jewish faith, so they were men of prayer. Prayer is a natural life, a daily in uh, a Jew's life. So they were familiar with praying. there must have been something different about the way Jesus prayed. And when they saw the way he prayed, their attitude was, we need to pray like you pray. Teach us to pray like you pray. And as we look at the Gospels and we see all the great and wonderful things that happened in the ministry of Jesus his prayer must have been very effective because he said that he could not do anything of himself or by himself. And as we read the Gospels, we see that Jesus constantly went apart by himself to pray. So these disciples wanted to pray like Jesus prayed because they could see the power in his prayer and they could see that he got answers. And what's the point of prayer if we don't get answers? So he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, Ah. We're familiar with that. But that's not how Jews normally prayed. They didn't pray to relationship with God as Father. He was the Lord God, the creator of heaven and earth. But Jesus was obviously praying out of relationship. So, He's making it clear that prayer can only be effective within that relationship. Praise be your name, hallowed be your name. This Father is not like any human father. He is the Lord God Almighty, who is always worthy to be praised. So our relationship with him is one of love, but it's also one of praise. And then Jesus goes on teaching what we usually call the Lord's Prayer. In Matthew, he teaches this to all the people as part of the Sermon on the Mount. Here in Luke, he's using the same prayer but to teach the disciples something about how to pray. To pray like he prayed. So he's praying to Father in relationship. He's praying out of praise for God. Jesus (laughs) praised the Father while he was here on earth. He wasn't being praised and worshipped himself. He was worshiping his Father because he was sharing our humanity with us. Then he says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, immediately, Jesus is putting his finger on what is wrong with most people's prayer. That when they start to pray, they pray about themselves. And of course, if you start to pray about yourself, your prayer has gone wrong right from the beginning because you put yourself at the center of the prayer. So prayer has to be in relationship with the Father. It comes out of our worship and praise for God. But the purpose of prayer is to see God's purposes being fulfilled here on earth. So whatever God needs to do in our lives personally has to be seen within this greater context. Another thing that Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount was seek first the kingdom of God. Put the kingdom of God first, and then everything will be added to you. But you see, usually when people pray, they start praying about themselves instead of putting the kingdom first. But Jesus says, no, put the kingdom first and then everything will be added to you. And the kingdom is the rule and the reign of God. It's not a place, it's wherever in the lives of those in whom he rules and reigns. So we're praying that there will be the extension to God's kingdom. As soon as you begin to pray that, then you have the heart of God. And you realize that he sent his Son in order that people could be brought into the kingdom and that his kingdom would continue to grow. You know, even the prophetic words about Jesus in in the Old Testament says the government is upon his shoulders. The government or the kingdom is upon his shoulders. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. This is the heart of God what he's concerned about is to see his kingdom spreading. So he said, I want you to have the same heart and the heart of your prayer is let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, prayer that is selfish doesn't really hit the mark as far as God is concerned. You saying, no, no, wait a minute. Are you concerned at first about my will or your will? Is your will really submitted to my will? If your will is submitted to my will, then you will seek first my kingdom. You will be praying for my kingdom. You will be praying for lost souls. You'll be praying for people to come out of darkness into the light. You'll be praying for people to be made disciples. You'll be praying for the will of God to be done in every person that you know. And then that will include yourself. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added to you. So then Jesus says, forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. If you you translate it literally, what Jesus is saying is you forgive others first and then God forgives you. So he doesn't forgive you in order that you might then forgive others. No, you forgive others that he might then forgive you. <coughs> Amen? Why is it important for Jesus to state this at this particular point? Because, you see, we need forgiveness for all those ways in which Jesus Christ is not allowed to rule and reign in our lives. So we need his forgiveness. But to receive his forgiveness, we are to forgive others. Jesus made clear, he, he actually, in the Sermon on the Mount, he emphasized this after giving the Lord's Prayer. And he said, whosoever sins you forgive, they are forgiven. But whosoever sins you do not forgive, they are not forgiven. And if you forgive others, then you will be forgiven. But if you don't forgive others, then your Father in heaven will not forgive you. So this business of forgiveness was very important with Jesus. And then he says, And lead us not into temptation. This is a slightly shorter version than the version in Matthew, because he's just talking to his disciples. So seek first the kingdom. Forgive anyone who opposes you, who speaks against you, because your whole motive is to actually live for the good of God's kingdom. Forgive everybody. Don't hold on to any hurt or any offense, because God wants to forgive you. And he doesn't want you to be led into any temptation to please yourself rather than to please him, to live for yourself rather than him. Well, we're familiar with that prayer. Jesus never intended the prayer just to be rattled off like, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will. No, what he's doing is he's giving the pattern of prayer. But the disciples say, teach us to pray. So Jesus says, okay, this is to be the content of your prayer. You begin with your relationship with the Father, you praise him, you worship him, you uh, seek first the kingdom of the will of God and, uh, 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 here on earth, you make sure that you are forgiven because you forgive everyone, so you're at peace with God and you're at peace with everybody else, and you're trusting God that you will not be led into temptation of any sin that is going to grieve the Lord. So then he teaches a parable because it says that Jesus never taught without using a parable. These parables, simple stories. But you know, God said to me, when, when I was writing uh, The Lord's Orchard, which you've all read, of course, <laughs> yes, uh, <coughs> When I was writing that, God said to me at one point, my people today do not believe the parables. See, if you believe something, you put it into action. So we're going to see if you are putting this parable into action. Hello? (laughs) Jesus said, suppose one of you has a friend, and he goes to him at midnight and says, friend? Lend me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. Sometimes prayer seems like that, doesn't it? You pray because you have a particular need and it sounds or seems as if no one's listening. You're saying, are you there, God? Are you really hearing what I'm saying? I have this need. What about meeting this need? So you see, Jesus is getting to the needs that we have when we seek the kingdom first. So then Jesus says, I tell you, though he will not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend, friends don't always fulfill what you expect of them, do they? So it's not on the basis of friendship that this man is going to give him bread. Now, though he will not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend, yet because of the man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. What is Jesus saying? You only really pray when you pray with boldness. Now, what does it mean to pray with boldness? You are not going to be denied. This man will keep banging on the door until he gets his three loaves of bread Not for himself, but in order to feed his friend who has turned up in the middle of the night. Still, it's not selfish, But he's bold. Most Christians are much too nice when they pray. They think God wants to pray, wants them to pray nice prayers. No, he doesn't want you to pray nice prayers. He wants you to pray bold prayers. Prayers, he wants you to pray in such a way that you make God feel he cannot deny you. I'll give you a few examples a little later on. Then Jesus says, Words that you know very well. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Now, you know, there's always a problem in translating one language into another. Uh, Greek is a very complicated language when it comes to the tenses of verbs. There are far more tenses in in verbs in Greek than there are in English. So uh, it's a very sort of particular language. And there's a, a, a tense that is the continuous present. Now, the continuous present tense... Means as continuous action. So, if you are to translate this accurately from the Greek, you need to read the Truth version, <laughs> <laughs> because it's you know I, I say I I know the author very well and. <laughs> I know that he has translated this accurately. It's also translated in the same way in the Amplified Version. Because what Jesus is saying is, go on asking. It's not you ask once and then you receive, but you go on asking. You persevere in asking and you will receive. Why? Because if you're bold, you're not going to be put off If, as soon as you pray for something, it doesn't happen. I mean, if this guy knocked on the door and said, I want three loaves, and the guy said no, he's not going to (laughs) go, he's going to bang, I go, you've got to, you've got to. I mean, I've got this friend, he's got nothing to eat, come on. Boldness. So go on asking and you will receive. It's the same with the next. Go on seeking, and you will find. I mean, look, if you mislay something, right, and you don't know where you put it, do you go and look in one place, and if it's not there, give up? (laughs) No, of course you don't. You go on seeking till you find it. This might be too deep for some of you, but I'm... (laughs) see... When you seek for something, you are not going to be put off till you find it. If it's of value to you, if you really need it. So go on seeking, and you will find. Go on knocking, and the door will be opened. And you see, the trouble is, many Christians come and they, Uh, Are you there, Lord? It's only me. I don't want to bother you because I never bother you for long. You didn't get that, did you? No. No, no. You knock. And if you don't get an answer, you knock more loudly. I'm here! Go on, knocking. Hey, you think you can't talk to God like that? I talk to God like that, and I get answers. Why? Because he knows I'm in business. I'll, I'll give you a bit of testimony in a moment. So, then he says... For everyone who goes on asking receives. Everyone! Not people that just ask once and then give up. Oh, well, I suppose he won't do it. Amen. Everyone who seeks finds. Everyone who goes on seeking finds. Amen. Amen. Everyone who goes on knocking, to them the door is opened. Everyone, Jesus says. And he should know because he's the one who answers prayer. Now, when he was on earth, he prayed. When he was in heaven, he answers. Hallelujah. Are you getting this? Okay. So, to him who knocks, the door will be open. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit, (coughs) give the breath of God to those who ask Him, how do you breathe spiritually every day? prayer because it's in response to prayer that the Spirit breathes afresh into our lives and into our circumstances for a person not to pray it's like deciding not to breathe hmm That's why the scripture says, rejoice always, pray continually. Because if you stop breathing, you stop living. Stop praying, you stop living spiritually. So, obviously, if we have to go on, we have to persevere. So Jesus, on another occasion, taught another parable about persevering in prayer. Are you at the same meeting I'm at? Are still with me? Okay, good. So if you turn to chapter 18 of Luke, it says there, then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Let me ask you, how often have you prayed for something and given up? Jesus said, no, no, no. If you pray for something you know to be right, you know to be the will of God, don't give up. Don't give up. What you have to remember is when you pray, there is someone around who doesn't like you to pray. Isn't it true that most of the day you can concentrate on whatever it is you have to do, and then when it comes to prayer, it's the most difficult time to concentrate in the whole day. Your mind goes flitting off to all kinds, you know, you've baked the food for the next three days, you've planned this, that, and the other, you've forgotten about this, that, and the other, and you think, oh, wait a minute, I'm going to be praying. And you see many Christians, they, they, they sit there for a few minutes thinking about their problems and saying amen at the end and think, well, that's prayer. No, 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 no. So we're going to pray and not give up. And we're going to stand against the evil one who wants to distract us, try to make it difficult for us to concentrate. By the way, when your mind wanders, don't get upset. Just come back. Just come back and focus again on what you want to do. Because what the enemy wants to do is to get you so upset that you'll give up praying and go and do something else and say, oh, I'm no good at prayer. Listen, I've been praying for many, many years and I still find it difficult to concentrate because there's an enemy who doesn't want me to. Amen? So you have to keep your focus and if your mind wanders, you, keep, you get back to your focus. You don't let him upset you. Okay. So, Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. And it's a bit of a strange parable, this. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him, kept coming to him. She persevered, right? She kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. So she had a just cause and she wanted right judgment. For some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps (laughs) nagging me, (laughs) says bothering me, but I mean, think of a No, don't. Don't. (laughs) Hallelujah. There is a scripture in Proverbs which says it's better to live on the corner of a roof than with a nagging wife. (laughs) Let me tell you, I don't live on the corner of my roof because I don't have a nagging wife. Hallelujah. Praise God. Glory. Amen. (laughs) To get back to what Jesus is saying... (laughs) Even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wears me out with her coming. Now, this is an unjust judge. He's not like God who is just. And Jesus says, look, if an unjust judge is going to give this woman what she needs because she persists and does not give up, don't you think your Father in heaven will give to you what is good Amen. because you persist and Amen. don't give up. Amen. He's not like an unjust judge. he is the just one. Amen. So Jesus says, and the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones? Right, now what? What did he tell you to do in the last parable? To be bold. Bold. Now listen to what he tells you to do in this parable. Yet because this widow keeps, uh, sorry, um, uh, will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Night. Now we all need our time of prayer, but let me tell you, your prayer life is going to be rubbish if all you do is just pray God for a few, pray to God for a few minutes each day as a sense of duty. Jesus says, "No, no, no, you persevere." God gives to those who cry out. What does he mean? You cry from your heart. Your prayer doesn't come from your head. Jesus is not interested in you getting your theology right and the terminology right. and He wants to hear the cry of your heart. And he says, he, he answers those who cry out from the heart day and night. It doesn't matter. You don't have to wait for the next time of prayer. You can, you know, you can just cry out to God. Lord, help me. Lord, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. Help me. Anytime, anywhere you are. You know, if somebody asks you a question you don't know the answer, you can pray inwardly. It's a relationship. But you see, you pray out and not a relationship that lasts for a few minutes once a day. But you're living in that relationship all day. So has Jesus taught you how to pray? If he's taught you how to pray, you pray with boldness and you cry out to him day and night. And you will not take no for an answer. Amen. Testing of our faith proves that it's genuine. If you know what the will of God is, you are going to pray until you see the will of God established. Now, I'm going to finish by sharing with you testimony. Because I want you to see how this works out in practice. It's a, quite an extreme Example, but you'll see that all the principles that I've just been talking about were actually being expressed in action in this particular example. Some years ago, in the, actually in the early 1980s, we had a revival in kingdom faith. Kingdom faith was in its infancy in those days. We were living as a community of people, about 60 of us. But we were not just living together for the sake of it, but we were ministry teams that went out all over this nation and beyond to encourage revival in the churches. And at that time, I would lead uh, big evangelistic crusades and missions. And in this particular year... uh, We had planned, all through the summer period, a series of these missions. Uh, they were major events, like one of them, for example, was a mission to Manchester, which included 70 churches. So, you know, they weren't sort of little events, these were major events. And uh, I had a, a mission team, we, the worship team and others uh, would pray and minister and so on. Uh, and we would go and as a team and lead these missions. And <clears> on <throat> this particular year, we had a, uh, a prayer card, like a Bible marker, for all these missions. And on one side, it had the prayer for the mission, and on the other side, the details of each particular mission. So, of course, if, if if there was a mission to Worthing, there would be the prayer on one side and all the details about where the meetings were in Worthing. The prayer was simply this: "Lord, give us your faith for this mission." Now, before these uh, missions were going to begin. The team and I were scheduled to do a rapid, it was man actually, but we had to do a rapid tour of all these venues for one-night stands really, one-night meetings to encourage all the churches that were involved, <coughs> to encourage all the people that were being trained as counsellors and so on that is normally uh, done at events like this. So we, we were, the, the band was setting up for the first of these. The, these were not, the, these were usually held in churches, not in the big um, auditoriums that we had uh, for most of the missions. But the, um, so we're, they, they were setting up in this church, and I was off by myself praying, and I picked up this card, Lord, and I prayed it, Lord, give me your faith for this mission." And as clear as anything, God said to me, "My faith is that you take revival into every one of these missions. Now we'd experienced revival we were we were in a pretty good place, but we weren't actually living in revival itself at that time so we had to be able to take revival into each of these missions. So I went to, because I had arranged to, to meet with the, the guys when they'd set up everything um, for prayer time. And so I told them, I've just prayed this prayer, and God said to me, we've got to take revival. So knowing the Lord, they all fell on their faces and started crying out to God and asking the Lord, you know, that he would work in us whatever he needed to do. Well, we did those meetings, went back to our home base and uh, told all the others what God had done. Everybody then, we started praying. We had five weeks of repentance. Sounds awful, but it was wonderful. (laughs) Because what God was doing was he was dealing with everything in our lives that was not according to his kingdom purposes. We were in a pretty good place when we started, so a lot of them were just minor things, heart attitudes, but he was getting everything in order in our lives in the way that he wanted. And then we had... Uh, it's its a long story, and there's not time to go into all of it, but at the end of that time, we had a weekend of prayer, and Jesus just met with us. He—he, he, His spirit upon us. It was like he walked into the room in his holiness and we were just on our faces for hours before him worshipping him. It was just a glorious wonderful time. As a result of that wherever we went we, we saw the spirit of God move usually the first two nights were great blessing and then on the third night the revival would begin and Typical of the kind of thing that would happen, often when I was still preaching, hundreds of people would run forward and they'd fall on their faces, they'd start crying out to God. Uh, People would come to the Lord, they'd get filled with the Spirit, they'd get healed, they'd get delivered, with nobody praying for them. Just the sheer power of the presence of God. I would be on my face, literally, lying on my face on the platform, (coughs) Uh, I mean, the first time it happened when I was still preaching, I said, "Lord, I haven't finished yet." And he said, "You don't need to. Look what's <laughs> happening." <laughs> uh, so it was wonderful. For three years, actually, we never needed to pray and lay hands on anybody. The Spirit of God would just come upon them as we as we ministered. So we did all these missions, and every one of them, you know, we had this revival breakthrough. We saw. God do these amazing things. Then he came to the last one. It was now mid-October, getting cold. And the last one was in (coughs) South Wales, in the Welsh Valleys, (laughs) the area where the Welsh revival had happened. And there was nowhere in that area that was big enough for the crowds that were anticipated, you see, to, to come. So um, a Christian businessman had bought a, a, a factory. It had been a graphite factory. You know, it made pencils, filthy sort of <laughs> pencil dust everywhere. And, and he said to the local organizing committee, if you get a group of people to clean up the building." You can use it for the mission, and I will build a toilet block that you can use, because then I'll use it for my business afterwards, which was a very generous offer. So uh, the guys did what they were asked. They cleaned up this place. It didn't have any heating, so they had those commercial blower heaters, you know, before the meeting started. But then there'd be so many people that would keep the building warm. What they didn't do was think of the fact that we, the team, would need a place to pray. And the only place apart from the big sort of open factory area was what had been the manager's office. They never bothered to clean that up. It was filthy, it was cold, it was, it was everything. So that was our place of prayer. We didn't mind how dirty it was or anything like that. We, just, we, we used to pray for two hours before these meetings. We just had wonderful encounters with God because we knew that if we met with God before the meeting, everybody would meet with him during the meeting. So we came to the last night of this mission, and the revival breakthrough hadn't happened. <coughs> in all the other ones, yes. We had nights of blessing, you would say they were good, but we hadn't had that, where the, that kind of meeting where the Spirit of God moves in and just takes over completely and you don't have to do anything. So we were praying in this filthy office beforehand. And I was saying to the Lord, Lord, you said that we were to take revival into every one of these missions. The revival hasn't happened in this one. This is the last night. So I was, I was giving God a hard time. I was pouring out my heart. I was saying, you've got to come. You've got to turn up. You know, this is your word. You told us. We've got to. I was reminding him of everything he knew. (laughs) And um, I was being bold and I was crying out. This room had no heating. It was really cold, but I was dripping with perspiration. I was praying with such intensity. I would not be denied. You have to do it, Lord. Suddenly, Jesus appeared. He started on this side and he walked across my vision. And when he was right opposite me, he turned away and started walking away. Now, the other guys that were there told me afterwards what I was doing. I shouted at him, I screamed at him. You can't go! We can't do anything without you! You've got to stay! That's no way to talk to God. He stopped. And he turned and he looked at me. And he said, my people here do not want me. And he turned away and started walking away. Well, I went frantic. I mean, I screamed at him. I shouted at him. I said, you can't go! We can't do anything without you! I don't know how long I was screaming at him. But he stopped. And he turned and he looked at me again. And he said this, For your sake, I will tarry. Those are his precise words. Now, tarry is not a word I would normally use. Tarry means I will remain, I will be with you. But it's a word that is actually very familiar in historic revivals. They had tarrying meetings. for your sake why because I prayed boldly and would not be denied the next thing I knew is I was being shaken by the other guys that were there saying oh God, the, the meeting should have started ten minutes ago And I said, I'm not in any fit state to start a meeting. You go and start the meeting. I'll come in when I'm ready. So they went off and started the meeting, and I said, Lord, what on earth am I to do tonight? And he said, I want you to tell everybody what has taken place in this room. So I told them what I've just told you, including my people here do not want me. Well, when I finished praying, heaven opened. The Spirit of God just fell upon the whole people that were there we had the most amazing meeting. So don't tell me you can't talk to God like that. He knows when you mean business. He knows when you really believe. He knows when you're not going to be put off. People came to me afterwards, because this was back in 1980. So some of the people there, their parents had been part of the Welsh Revival in the early 1900s. And people told me, our parents told us what it was like in the Revival. Tonight, we've seen it for ourselves. And you see, the point is, they were revival-hardened. They'd been brought up by parents that had had this meeting with God and his holiness. They'd been brought up, you know, in a strict way, but without having the encounter with God themselves. That's why they weren't, you know, we've heard about revival all through our lives. (laughs) But that night, they tasted the reality. And whenever I go back to that area, to minister, people come up to me and they say, I was there that night. And they don't need to say anymore, I know which night they mean. <laughs> and I know where they mean. I was in that factory where the Spirit Now, beloved, just let us round this off. Coming back to where we started. See, the Holy Spirit is the breath of God. And the scripture says, we're we're running out of time, so I won't take you through all the scriptures, but if you look at Romans 8, for example, it says there, we do not know how to pray as we ought. But the Holy, listen to me the Holy Spirit intercedes for us according to the will of God. In Hebrews, we read that Jesus is interceding for us in heaven. Here on earth, we have the Holy Spirit who intercedes for us according to the will of God. Or at least, he will If we let him. But if you do all the praying and the Holy Spirit doesn't, then you're not going to pray according to the will of God. You're going to pray according to your own understanding. And your own understanding may be right, it may be partial, it may even be wrong. But God has given us the Holy Spirit, the breath of God in order that we may always pray in the Spirit. It says, pray it in the Word. Pray at all times in the Spirit. That's not just speaking in tongues, but it's allowing the Holy Spirit to breathe his life into our prayer, for the Holy Spirit to, to lead us in prayer. Yes, to use the gift of tongues, because <clears throat> that's why God has given it, You say, well, I don't understand precisely because your prayer is limited by your understanding but not limited when you pray in tongues. Then the Holy Spirit can pray in you and through you according to the will of God. Now, I am not suggesting you be rude to Jesus. That's not going to get you anywhere. And let me take you back to what I said at the beginning, that prayer is a relationship. But you know, even in a human relationship, there are times when you have to be determined. You know what is right. You know what needs to happen. And you're going to be determined. God loves that. He loves that. Listen. what God did that night I mean that was just one night we had so many wonderful nights even that year and beyond but what God did that night was God it was his spirit that fell everything that happened he did but listen also If I hadn't prayed like that, he would not have tarried. His word is not for the sake of all the people, but for your sake, because you prayed and you persevered and you didn't give up and you wouldn't take no for an answer for your sake. significant your prayer can be. But you see, I wasn't praying for myself. I was praying for what I knew to be the will of God. And I was praying for the benefit of all the hundreds of people that were there. I don't know, I can't remember how many, perhaps a thousand or two. I wasn't railing at God for myself. I was seeking first the kingdom. Now, you're not likely to be in quite the same position, because all our ministries are different. But there are times when you will need to persevere and to cry out and say to God, I cannot take no for an answer. I know what your will is. And God will love that. He will love that. He will answer that. You see, prayer isn't praying something and hoping something will happen, and if it doesn't happen, then we give up. If you know the will of God because of the word of God, and you know the promises that he's given you, like we had a promise what God would do in those meetings, then you have to be like Abraham. Abraham persevered for 25 years before Isaac was born. But he had the promise, and he didn't give up believing the promise. So, beloved, have we learned something this morning? What God intends for you is not to have a dutiful prayer life. where you pray out of duty. I better have my prayer time today. He wants prayer to be the most exciting part of your day. Because you know, you know, that even even if it seems like the heavens are at brass, even if it seems nobody's there answering the door when you're knocking, you know that he hears you. And John says in in the first letter of John chapter 5, if we know that he hears us, we know that we receive from him, Whatever we ask. Hallelujah. So what are we going to do now? Well, it would be false, wouldn't it, if we just stood up and I said, okay, start crying out to God. Because it's got to come from the heart. Right? It's got to come from the heart. But you know, Jesus said, when you pray, go into a secret place, shut the door, pray to your Father in secret, And your father who sees what you do in secret will reward you openly. See, when you're off on your own, in your secret place, you can shout, you can scream, if you need to. You don't often need to, but... I mean, if you need to. But you can persevere, you can be bold, you can cry out to God, you can do whatever you need to do to ensure that you get the answer. And you pray through until you know you have the answer. Amen? When we come together, most of us suffer from the sin of self-consciousness. It is a sin. that We're more worried about what others think than what God thinks. But if you learn to pray like that at home, when you come together and we pray here together, you'll pray like that anyway. I've been teaching people how to pray There's students and others, how to pray like this. Prayer meetings at Rafi are getting noisier and noisier. <laughs> and people are getting bolder and bolder. Some of them are screaming more and more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but things are happening. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Things are happening. So come on, let's stand. Oh. I want you, first of all, just to say, Lord, thank you for the wonderful gift of prayer. This wonderful gift whereby I can meet with you day by day. Thank you for this wonderful gift where you will hear the cry of my heart not just the words of my head, but you will hear the cry of my heart and you will answer me. Thank you for this wonderful gift. Now, you might need to say, Lord, forgive me for my prayerlessness. You might need to say, Lord, forgive me that I've so often given up and haven't persevered. Well, know that he's not beating you, he's not scolding you, he's forgiving you. Hallelujah. You might need to say, Lord, forgive me that when I pray, I don't ask first for your Holy Spirit to breathe your life into my prayer. Thank you that your Holy Spirit is the breath of God. And Lord, day by day, every day, I want you to breathe your life into me. I want you to breathe your life into my prayer so that I pray at all times in the Spirit that you lead my prayer, you guide my prayer, you fill my prayer with your life, with your power, with your faith, and the powerful things happen as a result of that prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come on, just pray now. Thank you, Jesus. Now, Lord, we thank you for your word that if we go on asking, we will receive. If we go on seeking, we will find. If we go on knocking, the door will be open to us. Amen. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So thank you, Lord, as we ask for the breath of God to fill our lives afresh every day so you will breathe your life afresh every day. And Lord, just as we need, just as we need natural breath every day, so we need the breath of your Spirit every day. So every day we're going to breathe in your Spirit. Every day we're going to breathe in your Spirit into our prayer life so that we pray in the Spirit at all times. Thank you, Lord, for boldness in our prayer now. We're not going to pray like, you know, toffee apples. We're, we're, we're going to pray like children of God, like sons of God those who know their Father and know how much the Father wants to bless and wants to answer. And Lord, we're going to cry out to you day and night. It's not going to just be in our prayer time, but Lord, at any time, we're going to cry out to you, knowing that you're always with us and you always hear us and you always answer us when we pray with faith, with that boldness, with conviction. So we bless your holy name. Are you thanking the Lord now? Yes, Come on, let's, let's just finish by thanking him. Oh, we thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Praise you, praise you, praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Now we're having some powerful prayer meetings, aren't we? You're having some powerful prayer meetings here. They're going to get even more powerful. Amen. People are going to pray even more boldly, Amen. with greater expectation. I want you to just remember that phrase, I will not be denied. When you pray according to the will of God, according to the word of God, you will not be denied. God loves that. See, the devil wants you to believe God won't do it. You'll be denied. He won't honor his word. He won't fulfill his promise. It's not going to happen. That's devil talk. Isn't it good you don't believe any of those things when you pray? You're not listening to the devil. You're listening to God. You're listening to the Word of God. You're listening to the promises of God. You know he will be faithful because he's always faithful. Amen. Oh, Father, we want to thank you so much. Bless Bless your holy name. Bless your holy name. Bless your holy name. And Lord, I thank you that for every one of my brothers and sisters here, there's going to be times when you will say, for your sake I will tarry, or rather, for your sake I will do it. Even when we're praying for other people and we're really, really interceding for them, and say, well, for your sake, because you believe, because you wouldn't let me go until you were blessed, because you were not going to be put off. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is blessed and God is glorified by everything that he does in the power of his Spirit. So, Lord, be glorified in our prayer life. Be glorified in this church. Be glorified, Lord. And we want your kingdom to come and your will to be done. We want to see more and more people coming out of darkness into your glorious light. And we give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.